There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Zensurance is Canada's leading commercial insurance broker, providing small businesses, startups, and entrepreneurs with the coverage they need. We shop over 50 insurance providers, meaning we help small businesses across hundreds of industries save on their annual premiums. Simply visit zensurance.com forward slash startup, and in just a few minutes, you could save up to 35% on the customized policy you need. That's zensurance.com forward slash startup. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Edwin Frondozo. Edwin is the host and producer of an award-winning podcast and the co-founder of B2B telecommunications network provider Slingshot VOIP. Edwin is well known for finding the intersection where people, business, and innovation meet. As the producer and host of the Business Leadership Podcast, he interviews business leaders on the topics of brand building, industry disruption, and innovation. And he recently launched Cafe 100X, a virtual co-working space where he brings together creators, entrepreneurs, and business leaders amid a global pandemic to focus, share ideas, and connect. So let's connect with Edwin. Welcome to the show. Rick, thank you for having me. It's so so excited to be here. Well, thank you. I know you know the you do your own podcast, so I know it's not that exciting to be here. But this is the Startup Canada podcast, and we always start by asking you what pieces of advice that you hope entrepreneurs will take away from our conversation today, because you know they're only gonna gonna listen if they know they're gonna get something out of it. Oh, 100%. I, I mean, I love I love how you ask this at the top um, and get the Coles notes right away. Um, for anyone who's listening and the entrepreneurs who are listening, the one thing, advice that I have been often telling them these days is to really not only understand what you're building, but why you're building. Like, understand what your life mission is, what your dreams are, your goals, um, and how 
it aligns back to what you are doing and what you are doing today, how it may play a role in that bigger bigger scope. Because as entrepreneurs, Rick, I mean, you and I have been working and collaborating for over 10 years now. Um, you know, entrepreneurs are amazing humans who have the knack of getting things started because they have this curiosity. But when we have, when we're young entrepreneurs, we may not understand the why yet. We just love to build and we love to grow and we love to provide value to people around us. So I want to, you know, my hope is that, you know, for those who are listening, who is building, who is creating, whether you're a, you know, a one month old entrepreneur or a 15 year old entrepreneur, um, that uh, you take a moment to really understand what you're trying to build, what you're trying to do with your life and the legacy that you're building. Okay. <clears throat> and that's a really interesting uh, way to start. I, I totally agree that that entrepreneurs' lives and missions and businesses are, are often thickly and sometimes strangely intertwined. But there's also the type of entrepreneur who says, what I do doesn't matter. It's it's a way of connecting people that creates income for me so that I can live the life I want separately. And I've met some very successful entrepreneurs who do that simply because they see that the the way that is most clear to me to make an income isn't necessarily, you know, a world changing or a world improving product or service. It's just a thing that's out there that enables them to do other things. So, so, so how do you mesh that between the mission-oriented entrepreneur and the entrepreneur who says, no, I just need a platform uh, that can support me and I'll do everything else that I want to do outside the business? No, 100%. And, and I agree with you. I agree that businesses can be a way to build the life that you truly desire, right? It's a stepping stone, it's a tool, it's however you want to reframe it in your mind. And I think, you know, meshing the two is understanding, and this could be a, um, a bigger conversation that we, we get into as well, but it's understanding sometimes that fact and that point, Rick, what you're saying is like, yeah, okay, fine. This I'm just selling widgets. I'm not you know solving the life's problems today or the you know the global pandemic or whatever crisis that we're dealing with today. Um but with the extra time I have or the freedom that I have created, I'm able to do that. Like it it you know, what am I doing? What is your dream life, right? Like what does that mean? Um, to to live that life, right? So it's 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 just back to that question, and and it, and I don't think it's an easy answer. And maybe it's that you know purpose or life mission or um, passion. Um, I don't think it's an easy question, and it's something that you you know you just got to keep asking yourself and keep thinking about. That's all. So I guess the answer is in the question because the alignment that you mentioned between say your, your, your career and your mission in life, the alignment could be that there's no connection, but you're aware of it. And so that yes. means that you're still in sync with your passions and your mission and you know how the business fits into it. So that's, that's alignment in a way as well. So yes, you were right all along. <laughs> 
It's yeah, it's alignment and it's awareness, right? And insight in self of who you are and what you believe in or who you you know, truly understanding. And we're always learning ourselves as every day, week, month, year goes, right? We're always learning what what moves us and what interests us. But I think ultimately always asking those questions, you know, why am I doing this? Oh, I see. This this allows me to do this that I could create back or give back or do this, spend time with my daughter, what, whatever it looks like. Um, it will always change as time moves forward. So, Edwin, I first met you um, as a supporter and regular volunteer with Startup Canada. You've done a lot of jobs for the organization over time. But at the same time, as most of the people involved with uh, Startup Canada do, you have a day job. You have a business, which is Slingshot VoIP. So remind us what VoIP is and tell us about your journey launching Slingshot. Yeah, no, for sure. So Slingshot is a business, a B2B telecommunications service provider. Um, it's funny, we we launched with Slingshot VoIP, but we're actually um, currently, you know, doing a rebrand or a repositioning as well, because via voice over IP was a is a tech term that's probably not applicable because everything is voice over IP that basically in a nutshell, it means voice over the internet, which you and I are connecting through voice over the internet. People connect through voice over the internet with WhatsApp. But basically, we are a traditional telecom in the sense that we have the ability to get business phone numbers. We have the ability to have these automatic greetings, like thank you for calling Startup Canada. If you know your party's extension, please dial it now. Um, we have the ability to do call center applications now so we have clients that you know have fully remote call centers um, especially with uh, when the global pandemic hit um, you know we would transition people who are working in the office to work from home and having that ability and that flexibility um, so in a nutshell we are a business tele telecommunications service provider um, everything from desktop phones to apps um, to full integrations to like CRMs like Salesforce right and what's distinctive or disruptive about Slingshot? Why do you exist? Um, we exist primarily, <laughs> and Startup Canada was sort of in the in the beginning. The name Slingshot was having these business tools, these simple business tools that leveled the playing field against the giants, right? It, traditionally... Ooh, David and Goliath. Yeah, that's where the... I get it. I get it. I'm well-educated. Yeah. <laughs> so Slingshot came from that. We wanted to provide... Um, easy access for startups and small businesses to have these enterprise solutions that allowed for it. But as time and internet came and grew, there was a lot of came through. So things that are becoming more disruptive is the ability for us to provide custom boutique style customizations into some of our clients these days where we're able to do custom uh, workflows as well. Um, a couple of things that are coming up that are very prevalent now is is building out a private or a spam-free type network, right? So email spam is people understand, but people still, business owners, business stakeholders don't like to answer their phones because it's typically cold callers. So some of the things that we're working on is how do we divert these type of calls and understanding which calls are real or not real. So that's actually something exciting that we're working on right now, which will be very, very new to the market as well because the the, the our, our incumbents... Um, are basically the mob bells of the world that aren't thinking forward as well and how to 
keep the phone lines clean. You know, the younger generations are barely answering their phones, right? But phones is still a way of doing business. You're going to call, you're going to make a phone call to close a deal. You're going to make a phone call to cancel an account. <laughs> like it's, it's interesting um, for some businesses that are still tied to the, to the phone line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the phone is such an interesting tool now. I mean, it, uh, it, it, when I was growing up, it was this commodity. Every house had one phone and you had to wait for your sister to get off the phone before you could use it. And but it was the backbone of communication. Now it's sort of forgotten, but it, as you say, it still has incredible important uses. And I think it's become an underused tool. So is that part of it? Is is, is restoring functionality to the idea of telephony? Well, you know what's interesting, Rick. Um, you know, I've been I've been in the telco market ever since. I mean, I I started my career, my professional career at Nortel Networks. Um, but um, what's interesting now, and what I'm, what we're hearing more is that was once Canada's most valuable tech company, by the way. Although most people wouldn't know it now. Well, they they are. I mean, I I did I did. I don't want to start because this would become a podcast <laughs> in it in its own. But they they are responsible for the internet we're talking over right now, um, the optical fiber that we laid out and the ones that we sold. Um, because I was I did network planning for them um, in '99, so I. <laughs> I know I know how this internet was built, and we were at a hundred thousand employees at that time. So, um, yeah. I don't want to get I don't want to no, get started. Yeah. <laughs> My heart is bleeding already, but I am still holding the telecom flag up. Exactly, exactly. That that's right. So I noticed on your website that uh, Slingshot offers a rather unusual guarantee. So you assure your customers that if Slingshot is not exactly what they're looking for or what they expected, you'll give them a hundred percent of their money back, no questions asked. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. How did you come up with that tactic, and how has it worked out for you? Have you ever had to pay up? We have. I mean, there there are always situations where. We're, we're primarily right now a cloud-based service provider, so we don't have people on the ground at this point. It's just staying nimble. Um, so the times that people take advantage of the 30-day or the money-back guarantee is that they weren't able to implement uh, on their own. But now we're getting into situations where we're partnering with IT people, um, IT organizations across Canada right now um, um, to be that last mile for us, right? Because we're still a nimble company. Um, but but onboarding is a special situation where we provide unique value. Like if you were to start with Bell Canada, uh, not to name anyone, but any of in the incumbents, it's, um, you know, onboarding is like it just happens and then there's no talking. So we find what we've learned from a lot of the larger solution providers like CRM providers is is how do we handhold our customers through this transition? No one is a telephone expert. We all think we understand telephones because it rings on our phone. We have it in our pocket. <laughs> but when you are going to do a business transformation, you're going to transform or transition from your existing incumbent to us. No one in-house understands it. So we're finding, you know, if we if we front load a lot of our support, handhold our customers, let them know each step of the way, because it's like, like Rick, it's like it's like black magic what happens in the background, right? Like it, behind us is, you know, we're regulated by the CRTC, the FCC in the states. Like things are still archaic, but because of the internet, 
and the way things move smoothly, people's expectations are think it should be easy. So we have to really provide this, you know, handholding and make sure we train them and set them up and congratulate them for making the move. Right. So um, it's it's an interesting scenario. Right. <clears throat> One of the theories of sales that I've always loved is the idea that you have to reduce the barriers that clients perceive in doing business with you. And one of the ways you do that is you reverse the risk. So you take all the risk out of choosing you. So that's what you've done in terms of this 100% uh, uh, refund offer. And I just got to know, is that working for you? Because it, it, it's it's 100% genuine sales tactic. Yeah, I mean, it works for us. People, people, you know, we are a brand, an upcoming brand still, right? So the trust value is... You know, if we're doing a good job in creating our relationships on the sales side and on the onboarding teams, you know, we've we've won that trust for that 30 day. We believe that we're we're building relationships and we understand how deep the phone network or the phone solution goes with our customers. So if I were to ask you, Rick, um, you know, when's the last time you switched cell phone providers? Oh, God. Yeah, it's been three years. At least. Right. And before that. It was probably a number of years again. Oh, yeah. It was jumping around all the time. Yeah. Oh, because so you might be the special case. A lot of business owners, if you were to ask them, when's the last time you switched your provider? They'll be like, oh, my God, I've been with them for 20 years, although I hate them. <laughs> but the, but that stickiness of, of a service working 99.99% of the time, you know, the change man, the cost of change management is, is you know, negligent. They, they won't move unless a global pandemic happens and now they're realizing people calling into the office, it's not coming to them at, at home, right? So right. Um, right. That, that was a big pain point. So a guarantee like that, where you're assuming the risk, that helps you get towards the the inertia factor, making inertia work for you once they trust you. Because it all it's all about trust and a guarantee like that uh, goes a long way, I think, to creating trust. It's trust and it's it's... It's also confidence in what we're providing and how we understand the workflow and the process, right? Like if you don't, if you don't trust your own product or your own processes, I mean, you probably wouldn't put that out there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it shows confidence. It shows that you under that that, that you're willing to listen. You understand the customer's point of view. I think it says all the right things. So, so I th I, th I thought that unusual guarantee of yours was a stroke of brilliance. But the reason I really wanted to have you on this podcast is that, as you know, um, growth is uh, the, the goal of most entrepreneurs and certainly the ones who listen to podcasts about entrepreneurship. So in September of 2020, about a year ago, you publicly declared a mission to grow your business by 100% in 100 days during a global pandemic. So I want to know what, uh, what, 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 where that idea came from, and I really want to know how that mission worked out. Because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this, this is live. We haven't, we, we haven't talked. To... Yeah, we haven't talked about this. So, um, I mean, the, the, this is this is. Um, I'm going to try to keep this brief um, for for you know the purpose of those listening. So I appreciate everyone listening today. But last year was a global pandemic. All of us was going through something differently. And if you were an entrepreneur when COVID-19 hit, pivot 
was a hot word. It was a hot, hot word in the entrepreneur space because we wanted to help. We didn't know what we were going through. We might have been scared, but we just wanted to help. So I found myself pivoting. Um, my business, Slingshot, we had just brought in a partner um, to help scale the sales side, but everything went down. So that I should have started with that, but everything went downhill when COVID hit. Now, why was that? Did you guys depend on, on face-to-face selling, or why would that affect a, a telecom? Oh, people were just scared. No, no one was answering phones anymore. Like there was no net new customers. Like we were able to help new customers and, and people just didn't know what was going to happen. I don't know if you remember how scared people were. Like people were lining up for toilet paper. <laughs> I remember that. Right? So we were lining up for pa- toilet paper. Entrepreneurs were trying to help. And I got involved with, uh, uh, I mean, you may you may be privy to this. I got involved with another startup to help out flatten the curve. Like I felt a mission. I felt like I wanted to make an impact to the human, to the humans. So long story short, the summer went like that. And our business started to slowly move up again, right? Like uh, whatever sales and marketing um, programs we had out there got halted. No one was like buying, but we were helping people that we were existing. So I w- I found myself looking for, I don't know, maybe it was to fill a void, Rick. Like I was looking for like, that's how I got involved in this tech startup. That's how I got involved with some podcast uh, partnerships. Uh, that's how I got involved with different partnerships. But I you know, at the same time, this great reset, as some people are calling it, I also took time to work with someone and do a deep dive in myself in terms of what what do I really, you know, what who am I? Who is Edwin? Who is this 45-year-old man? And what is he doing with his life, right? Because this, this is what, this is sort of what was happening. Everyone was reassessing their life. When you, when, when you say you worked with someone, who is this someone? Is it a coach? Is it a mentor, a friend? Yeah, well, a friend slash coach. Who, she runs the Passion Center. Um, someone who, um, Kira Day, very good friend of mine, but uh, she, at the time, she, you know, I was sharing, uh, I'm, I'm part of a mastermind group with her. And at the time, I was sharing a lot of these things that was happening. And she's like, hey, I, I got this new program. Why don't we uh, work together? I said, okay, let's do it. Um, so the end of summer came. And I was literally, Rick, I was still lost. I didn't know what was going on with my life. I had a number of things I wanted to do. Slingshot was slowly, like literally, we're a year later. And now we're like bouncing out like now we're getting tons of deals again but i was like what do i do questioning slingshot questioning what i should do and what out of the personal dev work i did i realized that i am someone who likes to do many things like this is i'm a polymath i am a renaissance i am a multi-passionate whatever you want to call it short attention span Short attention span, but when I look back into my past, Rick, and real, and and this this relates, and I'll loop right back. But I was a person growing up in grade school, high school, where the teachers always said, "Edwin is bored; he's not challenged." And then I went to university, computer engineering, nonetheless, and now I'm taking six courses: calculus, physics, in, like everything. Six courses, thirty hours, including lab time, and guess what? I A plus them all. I just I crushed it. I was doing six different courses, and then I go into the workforce, Nortel Networks, and guess what, Rick? I was bored again. I was doing one job, 
I was bored as heck, and that's what led me towards entrepreneurship. So growing up, the society, it, it, what really what really resonated with me last year, my daughter was four years old, and I, I remember reflecting on like, look, my daughter could learn one thing, I'll empower her. Then the next moment, she's going to look at something else, and it may not even be related, and we'll empower them too, and say, yeah, you should do that, you should do that, it's all good. There's no ROI, there's no, pat. like, you, you just learn, be curious and learn. Um, and I'm like, how could we all, what happened? You know, when, when we get older, people are like, the oldest people in our life will say, Ed, when you got to choose one subject in life and that's what you're going to be, that's who you're going to, that's what you're going to be when you grow yeah, up. That was, that, that, to a creative mind, that's, that's frightening stuff. Very frightening, right? And then that, I think that's what led me to entrepreneurship. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have the freedom to do what I want. But guess what? Being an entrepreneur for 15 years, you know what the... What every entrepreneurship group I've been in and also out there says, Edwin, if you want to be successful, you got to niche. You got to be an expert in one thing. You have to focus. You got to. Fo so now the people that I thought I related to, that I relate to are also telling me what the other people who are not entrepreneurs tell me. <laughs> you got to do one thing. Rick, everyone was driving me. So this was my realization last year. I'm like, the whole world has been telling me to do one thing, but it's always challenged me to do one thing. So I got, I came out of the summer realizing all relieved, like, oh, I, 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 you know, I solved my trauma. I understand, you know, my upbringing of, you know, being born of immigrant and, and this restlessness that I have and the ability to, to time manage, you know, very easily without even trying that I, that's one of my superpowers, right? I'm able to change topics and do different things, you know, I have launch a podcast, I have a tech company, you know, help different companies with this newfound energy, Rick, but also still kind of lost, like, what am I going to do with my life? And then I had a lunch with a friend of mine, um, Kevin Dabrowski here in Kensington Market in Toronto last summer. This was before the, the second wave here. And he basically said to me, and you you may be surprised. He said, Edwin, I've never seen you focus on one thing. <laughs> so I just had this realization that I love doing many things and I'm going to embrace it. And But I was also in an emotional low where he says, why don't you focus on one thing? And he shared to me that he had an audacious goal. He had some crazy, like, I'm going to make $35 million. He's a coach, high performance coach. I'm going to make $35 million in 100 days. And I'm like, Kevin. $35 million? I'm like, Kevin, that, yeah. And I'm like, you are nuts, but I'm curious. Tell me more, right? Um, and we started talking about theory, and, and I don't want to drag this on, but he basically said, we started talking about, you know, success is not linear, right? So what I got from all our conversation is when I think about the NBA players, you're basically going from college, making zero. You're We're all on plateaus, right? And then all of a sudden you get drafted and your rookie contract's $3 million. So there's no gradual line to three million. It's actually a cliff to three million. And if you're a superstar, you go from three million to thirty million. Um, there's no gradual to thirty million. You either got it or you don't got it. Um, so that's sort of the it, the idea where an audacious goal came from. Okay, the universe is telling you to focus, Edwin. And sounds like you decided to focus on an audacious goal. So so again, remind us what that goal was. So the goal was, in a nutshell, I said I was going to 100x, it wasn't 100%, 100x my tech business, Slingshot, in 100 days. And it was a scary goal. And just to, just to rewind where the 100x came from, 
for those who may be listening, there's an exercise called a visual a vision board. So a vision board is like, what's your dream life? What's the dream life you desire, right? And that's an interesting exercise all in its own. But the secondary ex- exercise to that, Rick, is to calculate what that dream life is. Like, you know, and have everything that you want, that you believe is creating the impact and how you want to live your life and how you want to do that. But put put your monthly cost on that. And when I did the whole math, and that's an interesting exercise. The first time I did it, I was actually underwhelmed by how much my dream life costs. I'm like, oh, that's it? Jeez, I got to dream bigger. Um, (laughs) um, Need a bigger boat. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So... When when I was speaking to Kevin and I realized he says what happens if you focus on slingshot would it uh, what would it need to do to allow it to pay for your dream life and I'm like ooh that's a great question and it ended up being like I got to grow the business 98 times you know and I will, it will allow me to pay you know me that that dream life right so that's where the 100x came from but it wasn't as easy to declare that goal um, what happened was I was like, this is interesting. I could do this. I believe I could do this, right? Kevin's like, do you believe you could grow your business a hundred times? I'm like, yeah, of course I can. Um, but now I went into the weekend. So September 22nd was a day that was a hundred days till the end of the year. And it was probably a week before. And I was, you know, contemplating the idea of declaring this audacious goal because it will create accountability. It will put myself out there. But I went into the weekend, Rick, like facing my fears, the demons. Like it was a scary weekend. I couldn't sleep at night. I, You know, all this self-doubt, like, Edwin, who the hell do you think you are to do that? You don't have what it takes. Like all this like past self-doubt or self-worth started coming up. But this time around, Rick, because I had this audacious goal in mind, I stuck with that like fear and darkness and journaled, prayed, meditate. And I came through that weekend changing the conversation in my head. Like, why not me? Why I have what it takes. I'm enough to do to do this, right? So I decided the week, you know, maybe two, three days before the twenty second, I'm like, I'm gonna do this. Now you, you, you had a new financing partner at the time, right? Um, I had a new partner. Um, yeah, more not a finance partner, but a partner that con- compliments me. Who who's been who basically came from a, a competitor and helped them grow and scale to get acquired. Um, so, so what did they say when they found out you were going to grow the business hundred times? I didn't even tell them. I just <laughs> I, I did this publicly, right? Um, so September twenty second came, right? I I recorded a video, Rick, posted on YouTube, posted on Instagram, Facebook. And it was freeing. It was scary, but it was freeing. Um, and what happened was things, I just started showing up differently. I had a mission. I had accountability. And things just started happening. Things, you know, I don't want to use the word, but things started manifesting. People started showing up. People started talking to me. People, things started happening. What do you things mean by sta- things started happening? People started talking to me. You're having more customers coming out of the blue. Sales conversations. Cost- sales conversations, strategic partnerships, new ideas, how to change change our marketing plans, um, and just implementations of new internal systems and programs and things that we were lacking as well. Right? Right? Maybe there was no fire under Edwin's ass, uh, Edwin's uh, behind to, to get things moving. Right. Um, 
So it was like this mindset shift personally and how I showed up. My partners are like, what's going on? And it started motivating everyone and everyone started moving with 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 this passion and as well as because I was showing up differently. And that's by what? Day 10, day two? Well, t- day one changed things, but it changed me and how I looked towards life because now I basically I, I, I basically put aside this Edwin likes to do many things, right, Rick? And I'm like, I'm purely focused on this 100 days. My goal is the 100x my business. Like, that was my one goal, 100 days. Let's see what's going to happen, right? And one of the things I started to do to keep me accountable, I, I asked, you know, to, to, to stay motivated was I, I started doing, like, daily vlogs, right, to, to share where I am in this goal and what's, what's happening, the ups and downs. And that's part of the the golden thing that happened with me was was putting these videos out there because now I was sharing to the world where I was and doing things. So to answer your question, day 10, day 12, things were happening and I have 100 days of videos to show you if you if you were interested of like when things were happening and I what was I'm moving. I think I'm busy that night. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but to answer some of the things that you might be thinking is doing these video blogs what happened was I was telling and declaring every day to myself and to the world that I was going to 100x my business. Today, you know, Rick, this is today's day 10 of, of my 100x journey, and I'm going to 100x my business. What happened and what I realized when I was in day 70 is um, my belief became conviction that I was going to 100x, right? Because I was saying it out to the universe every day, which was self-talk and affirmations, you know, I've learned those exercises before, but it never worked for me. You know, like, I'm not going to say this. It's kind of silly. Um, but now I was doing it out loud. I was doing it into video, and I was putting it out in the world. And um, what's so what interesting... Is, so, so help me understand how this went. So by day 50, where were you at? By day 50... Halfway through. By day 50, we were moving now. We had new implementations in place. Um but we had, I didn't move the needle, to be honest with you. Um, the, we were growing. Part of it was the pandemic. Part of it was the lacking the resources and the systems that we had in place. So what happened by day 50 is we had implemented and overhauled a lot of like systems, internal systems and reporting systems that we needed um, partly to do that. So really setting up for that. So there's no manifestation going on here. Uh, it 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 catalyzed you it galvanized you to do some overdue work correct to 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 ready the company for for a leap forward. that's right yeah okay day 75 yeah so day 75 now i'm looking like oh my god i'm not nowhere clear close to this goal but i have this conviction and i have this this personal belief and the buy-in from everyone around me um and things started moving um but I realized that that was an audacious goal, maybe an unrealistic goal, you know, where a realistic goal. You realize that on day 75. <laughs> hey, you never know what could happen, right? Like I have beliefs things could happen. Not, nothing's impossible, Rick, um, except the time that we put our constraints around, right? Um, so maybe maybe the constraints of 100 days was, was, was the one that got me to start moving. Um, but the hundred days to hundred X was definitely unrealistic. I would say it's not, it's not an unrealistic goal though. Right. 
Okay, let's skip to the end. Day 100. How many X? <laughs> Day 100, I almost, we had doubled, doubled the business. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, it's, it was an interesting journey um, that I, when 100 days ended, I started re- just, just reflecting on, on what I had done and what, how I moved myself or it shifted my, my mind, you know, my mind. And when I looked at it and when I thought about it, when people asked me like yourself, Rick, what happened? Did you 100 exit? I said, no, I didn't. But I 100 x my mindset and my belief in myself. That's a nice changing the subject. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I love it. I think that, you know, we are not our worst enemies, but we are our own greatest resource. And if we can 10x, 100x our ambitions, our visions, our, our energy levels, then yeah, good things are going to happen. And I will bet that not many other people doubled the size of their uh, revenues or their business in a hundred days last fall. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there. Ha- I'm sure there are, um, but not very many. Yeah, not very many. And it also, you know, in context, it comes to me. It was it was this shift in before day one. I was in this lost space where I didn't understand what was happening, or, or, or you know, I I needed to do different things, right? So it was um it was a shift in all that, and that was sort of the story um, that I'm so inspired by myself, right? In terms of that, and being a podcaster, you're always inspired by your guests, and I, you know, some of the things are like, man, I'm I'm inspiring myself, which is interesting. <laughs> Right. So that was about a year ago that you embarked on that that, that journey. So um, you were so that took you to the end of the of the year. So what's happened in 2021? Has the growth continued? Growth has continued. Um, yeah, month over month, we're we're continuing that growth, and you know we're Give signing me a percentage. <laughs> so every you quarter, be accountable. Yeah, no. Every every quarter, we're growing around two. About a hundred. We're doubling the business every quarter. Not every quarter, but since then, after after twenty twenty, we've doubled now. Up to uh, the end of this quarter, we're 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 doubling. So you've doubled again. So yeah, I mean that's amazing. You keep that up, and you'll get to a hundred. Yeah, I, I think we're plateauing slowly because we're we're <laughs> we're finding gaps now in terms of onboarding this many type of customers at this point. But these are good problems, right? Is it better to be busy as opposed to not busy? Well, I mean, it's you. Sorry, when I say busy, I mean you're focused, you're energized, you're engaged, and you know you're you're running short of resources, so you're really busy now, uh, and and engaged in where you haven't been before. Is this a better way to live and to operate? It's. It's a sign of change. Um, is it better for your lifestyle to be super busy and in 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 the in the trenches? I would say it's not, but it also allows me to step back and question. Okay, who who do we need now to help elevate and grow? Right, um, I can't be doing everything at all. Right, um, so it it we start thinking about these things now. Okay, how do we who do we need to grow this and scale this? Because we also provide service in the U.S. Right, so how do we provide or how do we grow out there more? Because that's a 10, 10x, 10 times the population there, right? It's just, it's just so much bigger. That, 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 that 10x would be useful. Um, if you 10x after 4, 4xing, then you're halfway there to 100x, which is an, an incredible goal. So to the, even envisaging that there's a way to achieve it is amazing. But I guess what my question really was, was does success breed success? As you start to win... 
do other people's expectations change and does the winning then grow again? I think the expectations in self um, grows definitely. Um, and people around are, start seeing that um, the successes. Um, so I think it breeds, it definitely breeds this uh, success or this winning culture. I, I don't like wing the, the word winning culture, but this culture of growth and the culture of having the right mindset and and ensuring that you know you have enough, but it has to be realistic too. Right. If you ever watch a sports movie, there's a point about two-thirds of the way through the movie where the team is now winning. They've worked through all their problems and are now winning. They're about to face their biggest challenge, but they're winning. And you can see that there's more fans following along with them. There's an air of exhalation at, uh, at, 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 at their games. And there's a message that winning, not that it's it, its its own, own reward, but that it creates excitement and momentum. Is that what you had? Yeah, I think so, hundred percent. And it's and it's just to me, Rick. It feels like it's we're still just getting started, too, right? I mean, we're looking at you know what's the most strategic way now to grow and which way to grow. How do we distinguish ourselves properly within the market? Because now we're looking at ways to really distinguish ourselves against the bigger brands and position ourselves like a number three, right? Like that's, that's, that's where it's getting exciting. That is exciting to go from being just another player to, to positioning yourself as number three. I think that's beautiful. At what's next after three, are you going to position yourself to be number two? hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And You've launched something called Cafe 100X to bring together creators and entrepreneurs to share ideas and connect. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So what I learned during COVID and what had happened when I was in this 100 days is that we were all still working from home and having a space to, to let's say, co-work um, and to share ideas, I created this thing called Cafe 100X. And it was partly for me to create accountability. And I was streaming myself live on Twitch. And people would come on and I would set Pomodoros, right, um, to do this. And then we would just chat. Um, so Cafe 100X idea was to create a community around those, around myself and what I was creating. And to be open. Um, because I, was, you know, I wasn't doing anything new. I was just working. So I, I I came across the Twitch network last year because we were all at home and I was tired of you know Spotify and doing things and I was so amazed by the community on on Twitch. So I I, now, well, I think of that as as the platform for watching people play video games, but you can also watch them do life. Yeah, there's 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 all kinds of creators on there. There's lifers. There's uh, co-study there's djs so i i got attracted to twitch not because of the gamers but because of the djs because djs had to go somewhere during the pandemic and they all the best djs in the world went to twitch and they all provided uh. this this you know curated music so i was just like on there listening and i'm like um started thinking oh how could i provide some type of avenue but what had grown from cafe 100x is where people really started connecting and that's something that i'm looking to and i'm just investigating now what else could come from that. Um, but that's that was sort of a fun little project I did on the side. Okay, Edwin, our time is just about up. Um, I want to thank you for sharing this story of developing this growth mindset. It's about uh, 
company growth, customer growth, sales growth, but also personal growth. So I find it really, really interesting. And I'm afraid we're going to have to invite you back at some point to to find out where this path leads. Would that be okay? Oh, I'm I'm definitely 100%. <laughs> 100%. No, 100 times. 100x. 100%. Yeah. 100x, yeah. So uh, as, we, as we go out, can you share with us your best tip or piece of advice to help other entrepreneurs develop this kind of growth mindset? Yeah. Um, I mean, I said it at the top, Rick, but ultimately it's the thing I, I, I learned from this growth mindset is that we are we are enough. We are entrepreneurs and we just got to become more leaders than always doing things, right? We got to motivate ourselves, inspire ourselves, inspire the people that work with us, uh, which in turn inspires everyone in the community. Good enough. Let's keep inspiring others. Let's inspire ourselves first and let's all move towards 100xing the impact that we have, whatever that uh, works out for you. And if you only double or triple, then hey, that's pretty good results and better than any other uh, source is going to give you. So Edwin Frondozo, thank you so much for speaking with us about your journey. Continued good luck on the path. And we will talk again. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.